You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Big bad shot. Oh my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around the pitch like Bambi on ice. It'll be very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markstone. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, whether you are excited for the start of the Premier League season or you were disappointed and upset because for some reason our kits still haven't been released, we didn't sign that center back. And for some reason, the first team assistant coach has left the building. We are here for you. And this week on episode 134 of the show, this is the final episode before the start of the season. Um, the Premier League window, uh, transfer window, is just days away from closing. The start of the season, just a few days away as well. And we are here for you. So uh, on this week's episode, I talked to four different voices to get their ideas on how the season looks. So uh, first up, we talked to Lucy Heinet, then Jake Hughes of St. Mary's Musings, um, Rob Brown, who is out of Canada and who won the Total Saints podcast um, Fantasy Premier League last year. We talk a little bit about that as well. Um, and Luke Osman. Who, yeah, and you can get a hold of them all on Twitter. Their handles will be mentioned as we move through the show, and they are all available in the links below. Uh, I should also mention that Lucy is now the newest panel member of the Total Saints podcast. So um, a lot of overlap between the podcast, but here we go and give you some idea as to... Uh, what's going to happen or what we think is going to happen over the course of the season. So uh, a few things you should know is that I am away right now, even as you're, as you're possibly listening to this. So uh, all of these were recorded last week. So uh, all of them, except for Luke were recorded uh, at the very end of July. Luke was recorded on the 1st of August. It was put together, set up for you guys to hear. uh, And then I went with my family to the mountains because my summer vacation is over. So uh, I am away enjoying the last few days of that. And uh, we have this and I will come back to the Premier League and then go back to school. And honestly, I couldn't be happier. So uh, thank you all for listening. If you haven't done so, subscribe. But really, uh, just enjoy the show and have a nice day. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Lucy Heinet. You can find her on Twitter at Lucy Heinet. And you can get her, I guess, in your ears more often uh, as she is the newest member of the Total Saints podcast um, panel. Is that, is that how you guys do it? Yeah, I, th- I think that's what we describe ourselves as a panel. Yeah, I think now, now there are more than two of them. It, it, you know, you kind of have to have a panel day. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, looking, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, well, congratulations for committing to a season of uh, making sure you have to talk about everything that happens at the club uh, from, from here until the end of time. Um, I hope you enjoy <laughs> <laughs> I love how it started as a season and is now until the end of time. Um, yeah, I think I'm feeling really excited about it now. I mean, you might have to ask me again at Christmas and we'll see how I am. But no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, chatting through with people that, you know, have interesting opinions and kind of 
well-informed ideas. So yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, high level discourse is hard to come by in, in every day-to-day life. I think, um, I remember as a, as a teacher hoping I was going to get that in the classroom and just being sorely disappointed for the first <laughs> six years of my life and just going like, yeah, maybe not, maybe I'll find it elsewhere. Um, so luckily after 10 years of marriage, I think I found, I found some of it. So, um, that's, that's good. Not, not football related, but, but good. Um, so people can, can get you on there. Uh, they are at total saints podcast or at total saints pod on Twitter. Uh, and the link to the podcast is in the show notes. Uh, although I'm almost certain that if you're listening to this, you also listen to that. So, um, there we go. But, um, yeah, we're talking early in the window. Uh, we still have a preseason match to go. Uh, still have, uh, just under two, just under a week, or I guess a week and a half of the, of the window, uh, left open. Um, so we'll just kind of uh, run through some of this stuff and then we'll, uh, and we'll see how it goes and we'll, we'll talk to a number of different people, uh, over the course of the show. So, um, I mean, for you so far during preseason, I guess what has impressed you the most or what stood out to you the most as a, as a, as a positive for saints, uh, th- thus far. Um, I think it's been really well managed in the sense that, uh, like last summer, we had this kind of weird China trip to, to manage in between kind of the more conventional preparation. And I think, the fact that Hasenhutl was like, yeah, it's not going to work very well for me doing that. You know, there's a lot of flying around to different camps and such. So it would be better if I just kind of, I'm not going to say write off the China trip because that sounds kind of disrespectful to kind of our kind of um, obligations in terms of kind of commercial uh, viewing. But like, um, I think it was a way of kind of managing the situation, having a look at kind of younger players that don't always kind of have much enough of an opportunity in the first team, um, allowed him to look at them, but also kind of meant that he could look after players, um, kind of maintain fitness levels. I think the fitness levels this summer look really good. I mean, I'm not kind of an expert and I don't have insight into kind of tests and whatever but they all look like in really good condition they look like they can kind of execute the high press really well i think um the game against Feyenoord kind of showed how good they've got that high pro- high press um i think yannick vestgaard said the problem was that Feyenoord kind of worked around it and then we looked quite exposed but i thought in terms of kind of the energy um i thought it was really good and i think you kind of only get that kind of good conditioning when you are kind of savvy about how you manage the fixtures. If you're going to have kind of these other kind of trips to deal with, I guess. Yeah. I, I, th- I think the, the fitness is, is a huge part of, of Ralph's game and, and what the guys are going to need to be able to do, um, given the, the, the type of football that Ralph wants to play. Um, I did see stuff about, about fine working through it a little bit and then kind of, uh, I guess running through the midfield because playing the the three five two, you 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 leave yourself a little bit exposed in the midfield. But that's all stuff that we have to work on. And and it came out today, I think, that that Romeo was injured, um, so he wasn't in there to kind of be selected anyway. So we'll kind of have to see how it goes or how it goes. But um, I, given that that's basically it's, it's all been pretty positive. What's is there anything that that concerns you about the club as as the season approaches? Um, I think it's the general point that I think many, many people will have pointed out um, that we just haven't got the people out that we needed to. Um, It's quite clear that this club relies on selling players to buy players. And as it stands, we've scored three players that um, I think wouldn't have been seen as kind of massive priorities. I think kind of classy 
we all thought would leave but wasn't ever going to yield much in terms of fee. Gallagher likely thought he would leave, but again, wasn't on particularly high wages, wasn't going to yield a massive fee. And then kind of Target, who hasn't really had the opportunities to kind of push on and, and it kind of made a lot of sense from his point of view as, it, as much as it did from our point of view. Um, but they kind of weren't the players that I'm thinking kind of like Hoot, Cedric, those kind of players that we kind of thought, mm, those probably need to go. And, and while I kind of was realistic about how many we could get rid of, I kind of assumed by this point there would be more than than there has been. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's kind of Lamina and Austin issues that have kind of been bubbling under the surface, but they don't seem to be on the way yet. Um, and I kind of think that that whole kind of logjam is meaning that we're not really kind of getting the squad together. Um, as kind of Ralph would have wanted, um, especially the lack of a centre-back, which I think the club have identified as priority and, and I think most fans are aware is a priority given the kind of number of late goals we conceded last season and, and the problems that provided. So I think I think the main kind of lack of kind of any kind of cycle to the transfer window, I mean, it's all kind of ground to a halt and I think especially when you're implementing a style of play like Carson Hoodle does that isn't kind of typical of of a lot of Premier League teams um, as much time as possible would have been really important Mm -hmm. and I think that will be a concern for everyone and I think it's now a point where we're desperately hoping there's one or two players in and, and one or two players out whereas I would imagine they thought that they would be getting four or five out um, because he's gone consistently on about this kind of smaller squad and, and there isn't really one there. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned like, you know, getting rid of, of Target and Gallagher, like those are guys that you would have thought maybe f- not necessarily fit Ralph's system, but just the age profile and, and, you know, maybe, maybe they stick around and we see some of these older guys go, but those older guys are on such wages that maybe it just doesn't make sense. And I was actually pretty pleased with the the size of the fee that we were able to get for Target. I thought that was uh Oh, that was quite a bit. That was not what I was expecting. So I think that's a good, uh, maybe a good bit of business. I was a little bit disappointed that, although he was out in, in uh, the United States, he didn't uh, he didn't come close enough to me to be able to see him, um, and uh, watch him, you know, whip crosses in or whatever he was doing uh, for Aston Villa. But uh, based on that, if you were going to kind of give the, if the window closed right now, which is this is this is Monday evening, Monday night for you. Um, the window closed right now. What what rating one to ten would you give uh, the the club? It's difficult. Um, I want to kind of give them quite a low rating, but I'm kind of aware that a lot of the problems we're having now are the results of kind of poor windows in the past, and this is kind of like the way it's caught up with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I think people would look at it on paper and say, well, we haven't got the players in that we needed. We haven't got the players out that we needed. But in a sense, they're kind of um, the kind of victims of kind of market conditions. I think every club in the Premier League is struggling to get as much business done as they normally would. I think you know, you look at teams like Man United, who have kind of an upscaled version of our problem in the sense they have a lot of players on high wages they can't really get rid of. Um, and I think teams like Aston Villa, who have spent ridiculous amounts of money on not always that great um, players. <laughs> But I won't go into that because apparently you get absolutely mobbed on Twitter if you say that. Um, I think they're quite an unusual example. I think the majority of teams haven't actually done that much business. Right. 
and I think I think it's generally been quite a slow slow moving market in in that sense. And I think for some of the players we're looking to sell, selling into the Premier League would have been kind of an obvious option. I'm thinking kind of like Austin. I think Lamine has been linked to a couple of Premier League clubs now, and, and there are others that maybe would have been kind of Premier League targets. So um, I want to kind of hammer them, but I feel like it's kind of the result of a succession of problems. That said, um, I think there needs to be a centre-back and a desperate, like, I don't care what happens to get that centre-back, but it kind of needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And um, and, until it does, I think a a six and a half, maybe. That's not too Um, bad. Yeah, I'm thinking like Adams was the big target of the window. Well, the big target of last window also, but (laughs) the big target of the window and and they got it done. Um, And I think, Gineppo is the kind of type of player that makes a lot of sense for what we need in terms of pace and skill and the kind of dynamic player we don't actually have that much of. Yeah. So I think like they those two signings are really exciting. Um they're just they're just not really enough on their own. So yeah, I think I think something around there. All right. Um Based on, on who we have now, and of course, somebody could come in by the end of the window and, and, and upend this a little bit, but based on, on who we have right now, uh, I guess what player do you think really needs to have a, a kind of a, a, a standout year, maybe a breakout year, or you know, maybe, maybe I guess similar to Redmond, how Redmond kind of um, emerged last year and, and, and kind of uh, took that next step in development. Who do we need to kind of, uh, I don't know, look at and hope uh, will break out this year or really stand out in order for us to be successful? Um, I think, bearing in mind, I'm increasingly sceptical that we will get that centre-back. I think Jan Bednarek, who I think was really good last season, I think he needs to kind of mature even further. Last season was like an incredible year for his development, and I think he surpassed expectations even after kind of that little spell he had under Hughes at the end of the 17-18 season. I think... Even then, he'd kind of surprise people, especially after he had to kind of fight his way back in. Um, but I think he needs to kind of turn into, kind of go up the next level, kind of the next notch in his career. I think there are certain players in that defence that aren't going to get any better. I think, you know, Yoshida's been an kind of amazing servant for the club. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, at, you know, at the age he is, he isn't going to get any better. I think we've had kind of the best of him. Um, I think for Stevens and Hoot, they have shown their limitations and I don't think they're limitations that are going to kind of become less of an issue. So I think kind of Bednarek and and Vestergaard have to have have really impressive seasons. I think if we're going to kind of move on from the kind of crazy fragility we showed, um, at points last season, even when kind of Ralph had it going as he wanted, you know, you couldn't doubt that there were, there were massive defensive problems. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I, without a new center back, um, I guess if you were going to play a back four, uh, well, I will get to that. Cause we're going to, you're going to give me a opening day started lineup. So I'll let you, I'll let you mull that over. <laughs> um, but just, just a couple more questions here. Um, what is what would be successful for the team, I, and whether that means a, a place on the table at the end of the season, uh, a run in the cup, 
just more exciting football. What 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 would be success for the for Saints this season? I think um, I think success is kind of playing the right style of football, kind of moving on with with what Ralph wants to do. I think there were times when we got it working really well at the end of last season, but there were also times where things clearly didn't go to plan. And I think we actually finished with fewer points than I actually thought we would kind of mm-hmm. four or five games to go. It, it kind of tailed off a bit. So I think we'll, we'll, a kind of successful season is seeing Ralph's football kind of go to the next level, become a more coherent, consistent thing. Um, and I think overall, apart from that, apart from kind of a style of play thing, is Saints fans being able to kind of enjoy the season without looking over their shoulders all the time, without kind of worrying about the relegation zone, how many points we've got, if we've kind of moved on enough um, and I kind of want to be able to look up the table I don't think that necessarily means being in the top half or kind of being even in the top 12 but just having that feeling of kind of positivity mm-hmm. around the club that I think probably Ralph helped to instill at the end of last season but kind of there were still those nerves around kind of quite understandably because of the relegation situation yeah yeah absolutely I think that's a it's a good way to look at it and I and I hope I hope you're, I hope you're correct. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. If you could predict now uh, for me, uh, your top goal score, uh, well, with a couple of categories. So top goal score, uh, most highest number of assists, most minutes played and most yellow cards. I don't know why the yellow card one's in there, but I like that. Um, so uh, who do you think will be our top scorer? I'm going to get really sucked into the hype and I'm going to say Adams. Okay. okay. Um, just because I think, I think Ings and Adams will have a good thing going, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ings' injury record still I find quite off-putting, and I would still expect him to kind of be managed quite carefully. Mm-hmm. I think Hasenhutl learned kind of from that injury spell he had that there are certain demands you can't put on Danny Ings' body reasonably, you know, such as like, you know, when we have two games in a week or whatever, there there are certain limitations to him. So I think he'll have to be a bit more carefully managed than Adams, who's clearly going to have a lot of energy and a lot of fitness mm-hmm. kind of in his favor. Yeah. And, and it's nice with Janepo coming in, we'll see. And with Buffalo and everything else, we'll see who and, and, and who shifts around and who moves when Ings has to come off at, at maybe 70 minutes or 75 minutes. And I think there's a lot of options up front now, uh, attacking wise that we can, we can utilize. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to see how that all works and hopefully we get to see, uh, lots and lots of, of, uh, pressing and attacking and even, even late in games, uh, which is not really what we did last year. Um, so Adams to be top scorer. What about number of assists? Who who has the most? Um, I'm going to go with Redmond, I think. But I don't really see us having a kind of natural assister in the sense that some Premier League teams will have, you know, your Madisons and your... Uh-huh. I mean, Urz, I was about to say Urzil, but that's a really terrible example. Well, but, you know, those kind of, of like... Yeah, yeah, those kind of like creative 10 types, you know, those people that are kind of will put off a shot so that they can pass that kind of thing. I don't think we really have one of those kinds of players, so it's quite it's quite difficult to to pick that out. And I and I also think Ward-Prowse is probably the closest we have to that. And I'm still not quite sure how he fits in now that Adams has arrived, because that kind of means that we've got one fewer attacking spot. And I'm, I'm not really sure kind of how that all fits together yet. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking for for that kind of last preseason game is kind of how he fits it all together. 
because as far as I can tell, someone's going to have to drop out. And um, Ward Prowse on paper to me, despite being really good last season, is the kind of least natural fit to to what Hasenhut was trying to do in terms of pace, intensity, you know, high pressing, which yeah. I think Ward Prowse did, did really well to kind of push as far as he could. But I, I'm still kind of not sure if, if it's really for him from the start kind of thing. I mean, there, I mean, I, as a teacher and as a parent, I encourage my kids, you know, push yourself, do everything you can. Good things will happen. Unless you're James Ward Prowse, then you push yourself, do everything you can. And you still can't get in the team. Uh, so we'll see. Cause I, I, I tend to agree with you and I hate to say it out loud, but it, it, it's, if you had to pick one of those guys to drop out it, I mean, a lot of people maybe say then Romeu doesn't play and you just play Ward Prowse next to, next to Hoiberg, but we will see. We we will see how it all unfolds. And with Romeu, I guess, injured right now, I guess maybe that'll that'll take some of that that decision away from Ralph for now. But uh, uh, who do you think plays the most minutes for the for the team this season? Uh, there's an easy out, if you, I guess, if you say Angus Gunn potentially, <laughs> but uh, we'll say outfield players only. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'll go with Jan Bednarek, I think. I think defenders tend to get rotated the least and... I can't see a situation where he has any kind of problems with fitness or anything. Yeah, okay. So I, I guess him. All right, and then highest number of yellow cards. It's got to be Romeo. He, he loves a booking. I think he even plays better with a booking. So I think in a way he aims for one. Yeah, yeah, get it early. Uh, and then, hey, when he gets the yellow card suspension, then Ward Prowse can play. Yeah, all sorted. I'm sure that's what James Ward Prowse wants to base his career on. Romeo <laughs> suspension. <laughs> I play when other people mess up. That's my job. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, so uh, just can you, if you could uh, look forward to Burnley now, I realize you are doing this the earliest of any of the, of the people we have on the show to this, this week, but uh, if you could look forward and give me your starting lineup for Burnley, how would you line everybody up? Um, I think assuming there isn't another center back, I don't see a scenario where we look particularly stable with the four, two, two, twos. I think Ralph was particularly keen to play. Um, for me, I think that's going to, cause too many problems i don't think there's a natural pairing at the back really um so i think that means that i'd go for three center backs so i'd have gunning goal um bednarek yashida and vestergaard um wing backs of bertrand and valerie um central midfield i mean you did pick up on you on the idea that lots of people have said that you could play ward prowse and hoybier in the middle um I'm kind of a little bit reluctant to go with that just because I think they might get a little bit overrun in the middle there. Yeah. Um, so I would play Romeo if he's fit. Um, I don't know how long his injury is at the moment, but um, it would be, yeah, Hoybier and Romeo in the middle and then a kind of front three, but I'm, I'm not really sure how the three would work, um, but kind of Redmond, Ings and Adams um, I don't know whether that would be kind of Redmond in between, in behind Ings and Adams, or whether it would be kind of a more traditional three with Adams on the right and Redmond on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, but but some kind of iteration of that. Yeah, and based on that, I think what we've seen from Ings as well is he doesn't mind dropping a little deeper either. And you could have a situation where him and Redmond are kind of rotating in behind behind the other two. Um, but we'll mm. we'll just have to see. I think I think the fluidity up front. Um, if you look at some of the uh, some of the other teams that are in you know, a pretty decent in attack, uh, think of Liverpool, think of 
uh, even Man City, like they, those guys tend to rotate in and out throughout the game and and cause they cause people trouble. And I'm not saying we're at that level, but it might be nice to, to just watch and see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> I was about to say. Um, I think Ings reminds me in many ways of the way kind of Firmino plays for Liverpool, uh-huh. in the sense that he kind of drops in, does quite a lot of like harrowing on the ball, tries to get the ball back. You know, um, kind of lets kind of lets the play pivot around him kind of thing like Firmino does yeah um so yeah I think there are kind of parallels between us and Liverpool as much as we're not that good and also I don't really like mentioning us and Liverpool but yeah yeah there are there are kind of similarities I think well maybe maybe in a couple of years Charlie Austin will be wearing a Danny Ings shirt um around <laughs> but maybe not I don't know we'll see he Is certainly that... won't be on Twitter with that, will he? <laughs> uh, well, you never know. That guy. Well, I, I, his account, did his wife give him his account back or whoever took it from him? I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, I don't know what happened there, but. It was a weird day. It was a weird morning for me. Um, just, uh, you guys are, are in the middle of looking for a house, you and your husband. Uh, your husband is a Newcastle fan. So this is not on the list of questions I sent you. Uh, but if you had to choose either Steve Bruce or Ralph Hasenhutl to help build your house, uh, who would you have kind of oversee the project? Um, Ralph Hasenhutl. Okay. I guess. Uh, yeah. Although, would that mean he had to stop managing Saints? Because I think we'd do everyone a favor if we made Steve Bruce manage our teams, that, um, build a house so we didn't have to manage any of our teams. That would be my, my thinking. You know, distract him and then get someone else in, maybe. That may be doing your husband a, a huge favor. And, yeah, and yeah. the rest of the of the world, because we're going to have to watch it uh, yeah. at some point. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. A lot of grateful Geordies, I feel, if we did that way. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'd see either of them as builders, really. I mean, I suppose Hasenhutl kind of builds a team, but I'm not sure like how good he'd be with, you know, manual labor. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, you know, if he's overseeing the project. Maybe oh, he... Kind of a project manager type role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, rather than actually, you know, physically building yeah no he doesn't actually have to physically oh okay the stuff. yeah then definitely ralph yeah. okay yeah because otherwise if bruce did it it might be so slow that you might just never get it done you know um although and the guys would probably hate their job <laughs> so <laughs> you don't want that um as no. somebody who's done manual labor it's nice to have a good boss who makes you enjoy working because you do a better job i think but I, hey. to be fair to say bruce does strike me as quite nice it's not very good <laughs> I, no? I, I, I just have one interview in my, and I, yeah, you're right. He, he does seem like a nice jovial kind of fella, but just not, not super enjoyable to watch the teams that he's managed in the past. And um, maybe we'll all be proven wrong and maybe it'll be a fine season for them, but uh, well, I kind of hope not. But anyway, um, all right. Well, I won't, uh, let Tom, I won't let Tom hear that. No, yeah, I don't. I mean, not, nothing against, against them. Just, I want to finish above them. That's all. Okay, okay, we, we can settle for that. Maybe we can have a good season, but they can have a not quite as good season. Right, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, um, Lucy, is there anything else that you'd like to, to say? I, I promise to take up only a short amount of time, and I've gone over, and I apologize. No, no, that's it. That sounds good. All right, all right. Well, um, people can hear more from you on Twitter, at Lucy Heinet, and then, of course, they can hear more from you on the Total Saints podcast, uh, which is at Total Saints Pod on Twitter, and the link to the uh, to, to the SoundCloud and iTunes and all that stuff is in the show notes so people can get that there. Um, Lucy, thank you so much for, for joining me. Uh, I appreciate it and uh, have, a, have a good night. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me on.
I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Jake Hughes. You can find him on Twitter at JJ Hughes underscore, and you can get a lot more from him at St. Mary's Musings. So, uh, Jake, welcome back, and uh, thanks for doing the season preview of, in a kind of a, a crazy time for, for work and everything else. No, thank you for having me. It's uh, always great talking to you, Matt, and um, previewing the Southampton season, which hopefully will be more positive than the last two or three we've had. I hope you're right. I, I, I have a hard time believing that it, that it won't be, but we will, we will see. We will have to wait and see. Uh, there was the news released this morning. We're talking on, uh, is, it, is it Thursday? It's Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon Wednesday. Uh, or evening, your time, nighttime, um, that, uh, that, that Danny Roll has left the club. Uh, so that is, is interesting, but we'll have to wait and see. We don't really know uh, all the details yet. It, it, even from Adam Leach's uh, reporting, there was nothing, uh, no, no, no firm details there. So we'll see how that plays out. But um, that being said, we're talking Wednesday, so there's still time left in the window. Um, and we still have a, a, a preseason match left to go. So things could change, but um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to kind of run it down. And, um, I mean, Jake, just for anybody who's not yet familiar, uh, with St. Mary's Musings, what can people expect if they, if they go to the site and what's the best way to get in contact with you, um, if they're looking to do that? So the website is, uh, always try to position it as a website, um, for all kinds of opinions on Southampton, um, positive, negative, um, hopefully not very controversial, but um, I've been told otherwise before. Um, if you ever want to get in touch with me, um, it's probably best reaching out to either the St. Mary's Musings Twitter account or my personal Twitter account, which uh, you kindly read out um, as you introduced me. Um, hopefully, so I, I, have, I have something to admit this season. This is the first season in a very long time where I do not have a season ticket. Um, oh. I, yeah, I, I heard, heard you there. Um, basically, last season, I was so close to not renewing. Um, and with 15 minutes before the deadline of midnight, on a Friday night, I caved in. The guilt was too much. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't go to as many games um, with all, my, all of the freelance work I do. Um, so the midweek games, sun, games on a Sunday, um, just found it hard going and justifying spending so much money. Um, so I actually have a little bit more free time on my hands. So I'm hoping to do more on the website. Now I'll be watching from afar. Um, luckily, I can still go to some away games and I can cherry pick what home games I go to. Um, so I do hope to be down at St. Mary's. Uh, plenty, but I am at. It's weird. I'm even though I I'm it's the most optimistic I've been ahead of a saint season for a long time. Um, I'm actually relishing the thought of having a bit more free time and not having the guilt of wasting money on a season ticket that's not being used. Yeah, I I think that's good. I think and that'll. I mean, otherwise when you're when you're you know they're playing, you can't make it. Then you it kind of you have a weird feeling about it anyway. So now that you know, yeah, you're just going to enjoy watching them and, and, you know, maybe be able to maybe write a little bit more or do whatever it is you want. Like that, I think that's all good. I think that's a, it's a very adult decision. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, tell me about it. I mean, um, I, sp- I bought a season ticket last year. Well, I renewed mine, um, in block 42. And unfortunately I think I only managed to make five home games. 
So it's, I, I don't want to do the maths and work out how much I spent per home ticket. Um, but yeah, not worth the money. Although I have kindly had numerous calls from the club asking me why I haven't renewed and uh, trying to put more pressure on me to renew. Um, it's very considerate of them, but I have, I have held firm this summer. Yeah, I don't do well in those situations. I, I caved way too much stuff. Or just give away way too much I of my do, time. but um, if anything, it really annoyed me. Um, so it made me more, uh, especially as I, I was so annoyed at myself for caving in last year. I was absolutely determined not to do the same uh, this year. So uh, if anything, yeah, it just made me uh, more happy in my decision in some weird, like, petty way, as if I'm winning. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be weird not having a season ticket, and I hope one day I'll be able to actually get my, my seat back. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, for now, um, I will be watching most games um, on some dodgy stream somewhere. That's... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wound up contributing money on a monthly basis to my former university. Um, one night, I had drank probably too much was laying on the couch kind of at not, not an appropriate time to be passed out on the couch after having drinks. Um, phone rings. I don't recognize the number. I answer it. It's, it's somebody from the university who's calling and they're telling me this, this lovely story about how they are, are at school and they're really enjoying it. And they're from Southern California. I was like, Oh, so we're talking cause we're from not the same area, but, but close enough and having never been there before and all this stuff. Um, then uh, I found out they played sports and I was like, Oh, you know, we had all this stuff. And at the end, they're like, so I have to ask you, you know, do you want to contribute? And I was like, yeah, it sounds great. Um, <laughs> oh, God. And she, the, the surprise in their voice was like, this is the first, you're the first person to say yes. And I was like, what have I done? What have I done? Um, and now every month uh, when it comes out of my account, I was like, damn it, you know, here, here we go. And I even, I, my, my credit card was going to expire uh, like in two months. And so I said, I don't have the new one yet, but, you know, um, give me the number and I'll call back and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give you the updated information. And then I did. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I'm just willingly doing this, but whatever. It's uh yeah, I, I fear for you putting this out on the internet because you're now going to be targeted by charities, fundraisers, all kinds of things. I know you're a, you're an easy mark. Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> if you, if you look uh, I'm a sucker to retweet any of that stuff too, which is, I don't, I don't care. Bring it. It's, it's about, <laughs> it's about spreading the good things around the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. At least, at least um, you're funding positive things. Yeah. Yeah. If you want me to fund some like, you know, uh, black market, uh, drug smuggling scheme, I'm not your guy. I'm not, not that, I'm not, not, not <laughs> that much of a risk. No, I, I was, I was thinking of setting that up with my newfound free time. Um, so I won't bother you with that now. Okay. Well, we'll talk off the record. We'll see. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe we can engineer a move for some of these players out of the club. And if that's the case, <laughs> I'm in. Um, yeah, certainly. But let's 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 work let's work towards that. Maybe we'll work this in here. Um, as I mean, granted, we still have a preseason game left. Uh, there's still a time in the window. But um, I, I guess what have you been most impressed by this preseason um, uh, in the first kind of preseason under Ralph? Um, so. I was initially impressed by Southampton getting their early transfer uh, dealings in uh, quite a few times. 
I feel like we've been a bit slow to pull the trigger on a few signings and you sort of wait until around this period, sort of mid to late July, until you start seeing some activity. Obviously, that's since stalled. Um, uh, I'll get onto that soon. Um, but yeah, obviously, it seems like we're struggling to get rid of some of the players um, that, that we want to offload. Uh, but that's another thing that I am impressed by with Ralph is that he's made it very clear he wants certain players out. Um, and on on the flip side, he's actually welcomed back some players where he's recognised um, we've obviously got some shortfallings in our squad, and it would, it, you know, it would be, um, you know, it'd be counterproductive to offload them unless we bring in cover. Um, so with Sofian Buffal, who I think he does genuinely want to stay, whereas the likes of Cedric and Wesley Hoot, I think they're kind of placeholders until we can uh, sell some of the others and then look to get rid of them if we buy replacements. So that, that's been impressive. And it's, um, I think, just his communication, even to Southampton fans and the public, in making that known is positive. I can't remember the last time we've had a manager who's been so forthright um, in things such as like transfer dealings. I don't recall Kuman being like that. You'd always hear rumours of him falling out with players or wanting to get rid of some, but you don't actually hear it from him. Whereas uh, Arsene Hoodles made it very clear uh, himself. Obviously, that's rubbed uh, Charlie Austin up the wrong way. Um, but who cares? Uh, who cares about that apart from the Austin family? Um, another thing I have been impressed by is, and this is purely from what you see on social media and everything else, so, uh, but it does look like he seems to be working the players hard pre-season. Um, I think, obviously, the style of football we play underneath him is quite physically demanding. Um, so I'm hoping we'll see the fit of Southampton squad we've seen since Pochettino is in charge. Yeah, um, that's a that's a point that Lucy made is that everybody seems to be uh, in pretty good physical shape. Like the guys look like they're fitter, and of course that's we'll see how it holds up over the course of the season. Yeah, but, but it's uh, I, th- I think it's good. Um, you mentioned a little bit that that some guys are, uh, that, that I guess the transfers have kind of stalled now um, after getting the the early kind of work done. We, Classy did leave, but there hasn't been a whole lot of of solid. Uh, uh, reports of of guys uh, having real solid interest anywhere else, but um, is that a concern to you, or is there anything that is concerning you about uh, about the club as the season approaches? Yeah, I mean the the Southampton defense is still a major concern. Obviously, the three players we have signed, Ings was made permanent. Um, Gineppo, I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure how to pronounce his name just yet. Um, as well as Che Adams, all attacking players which we do need, but I think the, the pressing concern is always our, our defence. And it, it appears that we can't bolster that unless these players do move. Um, Charlie Austin, Southampton fans are obviously fed up with him at this point. Um, maybe some are a little over, over the top in how much they seem to dislike him now. Um, but he needs to go. Uh, and if the rumours are true that he's rejecting moves, down a division, um, you know, that's obviously not a great thing for our club. Uh, it's also not great to keep him around if he's going to continue to cause problems behind the scenes. Um, Lamina 
has made it clear that he wants to leave and we seem to be happy to get rid of him too. Uh, I I read today that Everton um, looked like they have at least made contact with Southampton to buy him, which is good news if that does happen. Hopefully we get a good enough fee um, to bring in some more players. So yeah, I, I guess the concern is that you know, we've got a little over a week now left of the transfer window. I'd hate for us to keep waiting until those players, you know, hoping those players move on and they don't, and then we just sort of get leave. We, we get left short in defence ahead of the new season. That is a concern. I'm hoping we have uh, made contact with some clubs, at least I like put some feelers out there in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Um, and judging by how um, efficient we were early in the transfer window. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much expecting that to be the case, but that all remains to be seen. But as it stands, the, the defense is a concern. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't think you're uh, you're definitely not the only person who feels that way. Um, and I'm sure that's that's echoed on on Twitter and and by the other people that have been on the show and that we'll hear from in 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 future uh, segments, I guess, of this week's of this week's show as well. So. Um, Running through a couple of questions, kind of uh, not quite rapid fire, but but more uh, along those lines. Um, if the window closed today, what rating would you give the club of one through ten? This is quite a tough one. I'll go for a five out of ten. Um, so it's not awful, not great, um, but that's with an expectation that it should change um, to be a, a slightly higher score. I'm not going to go crazy and say be a nine or ten out of ten. Maybe that's for something to look back on uh, later on in the season. But sure. I think five out of ten so far. Uh, from the new signings we have made, I, I, I do like what I see so far. Um, but much more needs to be done. Okay. Um, which player, I guess, are we relying on this season? Uh, and, and I'll just say when I, when I was writing this question, I was thinking more of like the, the breakout year that Nathan Redmond had last year really helped us play. I, I think it helped us to where we, where we were. He, he was the kind of in and sometimes the the driving force of 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 positivity i guess until hassan hudel got there and then and then hassan hudel was kind of that for everybody but um thinking of a player along those lines like which player in in the squad do you think needs to have a good season in order, in order for us to be successful it's quite another tough question can i can i say the defense as a whole okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's I think, a bit of a cop out no, I, think, I think okay fine. Besides the defense as a whole, I think, yeah, Redmond's definitely a good shout. I also think Danny Ings staying fit um, would be very important for our success in the next season. Um, again, like, it looks like he's really put in the work even outside of our preseason training camp to make sure he's in his best uh, physical shape ahead of even the, the training camp. Um, he brings not only... Obviously, he wasn't um, you know, setting goal records last season, but his um, wider play, hold-up play, uh-huh. he's, very, he's a good pass for the ball. I think he um, would be really, really important for us. So hopefully um, he can stay fit. And uh, I think he, he seems to be linking up quite well with Shea Adams so far. So I think he'll be important. Yeah, okay. I, I, I like that. Um, yeah, I was going to say he was out in L.A., uh, doing his training and was not far from me. And I had to resist him and Redmond were both pretty close for portions. And I had to resist the urge to 
like just kind of pop up in the sand and say, hi guys, how are you? Because that would have been super <laughs> weird. Um, I believe they were they out there with storage. Yes. Yes. And he got his dog stolen. Uh-huh. Got it back though. Yeah. But it wasn't you, was it? It was not me. <laughs> if I would have stolen it from a Liverpool player, I would not have given it back. <laughs> yeah okay um yeah you are innocent unless unless maybe i have that whole black market thing really going like maybe that's it's all a front yeah um but no Makes sense. it's uh yeah I, I i've i have been to that campus and been there and seen it and was like oh i know exactly where they're at you know like <laughs> and then it was just like you are 33 years old do not do this um <laughs> uh I guess what, what would you consider success this year for Saints? Like what has to happen for, for the team to be able to look back and say, yep, that was a good season. I honestly, all I want is for almost like a fresh start. So I, I want us to start the, the trend we were on where we just had a season of continuous improvement. I want us to finish above 17th this season. And then the next season, I want us to finish above wherever we finish. Um, I think Saints fans should be realistic. I think people are right to be excited because Ralph Hasenhut was the manager that, you know, he, he warrants that excitement considering the, the absolute we've had in the last few seasons. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's warranted to be optimistic, but I, I take any, any position which doesn't see us involved in, um, a relegation dogfight. 16th or above, I, I'd be happy with. I just don't want us to be caught up in any relegation fight this season. Okay, yeah, I think that's that's fair. Um, all right, so uh, now just just to name a player here. Who do you think is going to be our top goal scorer? Shea Adams. All right. Um, who do you think is going to have the most assists this season? Danny Ings, if he stays fit. Ooh, always a question. Um, <laughs> most minutes played, um, outfield players only. Uh, I'm going for Hoybjerg. The engine. Uh, <laughs> and who do you think will have the most yellow cards? An easy one. Even if he plays 10 games this season, I think Oriol Romeu <laughs> will be the man with the most yellow cards. With 10. 10 in 10 games. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, to, it's hard to imagine anybody else doing it. Uh, we will have to, we'll have to see. Um, I hope right, then, you uh, uh, collate these results and then we can uh, assess them. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely keeping keeping notes here. Um, yeah, I, I will lose it by the end of the season, but they're, they're down. <laughs> um, and then give me your opening day starting lineup, assuming I guess you know I, it could change based on, on if we bring somebody in. Although it's hard to imagine somebody bring Ralph bringing somebody in now this late in the window and then making him start on on Saturday. But um, based on what you've seen, who do you give it? Give it, Give us your starting lineup for Burnley away. Um, it's quite boring, but I'll I'll give it a go. Uh, so gunning goal. Valerie at right back with Bednarik and Yoshida at centre-half uh, with Bertrand on the left. Uh, in midfield, Romeo sitting deeper with Ward-Prowse and Hoiberg either side of him. And in attack, Redmond on the left. Uh, I think Adams in the middle interchanging with Ings on the right. All right, there we go. Um, yeah, I mean, Jake, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add before we go? Uh, Nothing really. Um, I, as I said, I, I am cautiously optimistic, um, and that's obviously relative to how how bad everything has been the last few seasons. I, as long as we can see noticeable progress um, over a full season, rather than the time Hasenhutl had from December to May, 
Um, I think that's that's a win for us. Um, and uh, I, I look forward to seeing what Hassan Hoot also does in terms of bringing through some of our younger players. If any, if, if the uh, pre-season games are anything to go by, which obviously usually they're not, um, looks like we could be um, in for seeing some new names come up from the academy, which is always exciting. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think I'm... I, I try to force myself to be optimistic all the time and uh, I'm doing it again, but I almost don't feel like I'm forcing myself this year. Like I feel like it's the real thing. So that's, that, I think it's good. Um, but I, and, and uh, we have you lined up to come on uh, on the show a little later in the season. So I'm looking forward to, to that. And I hope everything is well with you until then. Thank you. You too. Um, I know you've got a little break coming up this weekend, so make sure you enjoy that and rest up ahead of uh, what will be a busy <laughs> Busy uh, year of football once again. Absolutely. Um, and I look forward to talking to you again. My, my only concern for this weekend is uh, I have a strict rule where I don't, I don't drink Coors Light, which is not a great beer, but I don't drink Coors Light unless it's over 90 degrees. So I need the weather to do me a favor uh, and get hot so I can, uh, I can do that and feel, uh, yeah, and it'll, it'll make my weekend a lot cheaper unless I have to buy all this craft um, beer stuff. So <laughs> we will see. But um if you want to get in touch with you, they can do that uh, on Twitter at JJ Hughes underscore. Um, they can also get in touch with St. Mary's Musings at St. Mary's Musings or at St. Mary's Musings dot SB dot com. So that, that does it. So Jake, thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Matt. So we'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Bob Brown. You can find him on Twitter at RSBrown and at the top of last season's FPL uh, fantasy charts. So, uh, Bob, welcome back to the show and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Um, I was joking with uh, with Lucy, who is a full-fledged member of the Total Saints podcast now, that uh, you, you, you topped the charts in that league last year. You got the trophy. Uh, ben had made mention to it that it came in several pieces. Uh, it was like a little puzzle for you and your kids to put together. So uh, I hope you uh, enjoyed that. And congratulations. Yeah, thanks. No, it was awesome. Uh, got bragging rights for at least one season. And, you know, we'll see what happens this coming season for sure. Uh, and we had mentioned, had, had you done any fantasy sports before this? Or was this the first fantasy of any kind? Uh, no, I've done fantasy hockey, done fantasy NFL. But that was my first season doing uh, FPL. So it was it's kind of cool. It was a neat introduction into the leagues and, and actually the Twitter community. Um, I learned an awful lot this year. And I think, I mean, I had a lot of success. I was top 1800 in the world. Oh my gosh. This year. And I couldn't have done it without the advice that you got from the people in the online community for sure. I mean, there's just no way otherwise. Uh, but it was pretty cool. It was a good experience and I'm really looking forward to this coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh... I somehow wound up finishing last year with, uh, I think two of my, I still had my bench boost and, uh, not a triple <laughs> captain, but I had my free hit still there. I was like, I don't know what I've done here. So, um, yeah, that's, and that's kind of the key with the people from the FPL community. There's so many people who have advice as to when to use all your chips and they laid it out so easily for me to, to be able just to follow their advice for the most part. I mean, I still had to make the, the right decisions and pick the right players and everything. But uh, at the end of the day, without the, uh, the advice, especially the chips, bench boost, triple captain, all that kind of stuff, yeah. I would have been in the same boat as you, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it was totally different because uh, a lot of the, the American fantasy sports don't have any of that stuff. So it was, uh, 
Cause I've done, yeah. I've done like a daily fantasy baseball league and that's a, that's a lot of work. Um, I've done like a pretty deep NL only, uh, fantasy baseball league. And then I've done, uh, of course, NFL. I'm not doing any NFL this year. I've, I've resigned from the league and everybody's like, are you still going to come to the draft? And I was like, well, like, you know, maybe cause that's the fun part, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, well, I'm just gonna have to look at your team then and just do that. Cause my goal for fantasy for FPL is just don't, don't embarrass yourself. Um, yeah. that's, that's me finish, finish middle of the road. Uh, that, that's what I will do. Um, yeah, I, I guess, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. If, if any of the, the saints players this year will, will make their way into your team perhaps. Yeah, um, there's a possibility. So, so, uh, like I said, people can get in touch with you at RS Brown on Twitter. Um, and we're still talking, we're talking, uh, it's, it's Wednesday afternoon, uh, our time. So, so Wednesday afternoon, your time. Um, and, and so there's still plenty of room in the window. Things can happen. Uh, so we will, uh, we will see kind of what happens, but we're just going to go on what we have now. And kind of the newest news we have now is that it looks like there's a link for Mario Lamina to go to Everton, uh, how strong it is. We don't know. Um, and also Danny roll has left the club. I think that's the newest, um, right. thing that I've seen. So. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how that is, but um, I guess for you, just just as as we head towards the season, what's been the most impressive thing about preseason, uh, or what's impressed you the most during preseason uh, about the club? Well, obviously, starting off undefeated, I mean, you can't scoff at that for sure. But you know as well as I do, when it comes to preseason, it's not so much about the results, but about the process. Mm-hmm. And I think the big thing here was just allowing Ralph Hasenhutl to have that full preseason to basically implement his tactics, uh, get the team up to speed. I mean, the way he plays or he wants his teams to play with the high press and just a lot of energy off the ball, had to make sure that the players were all fit as well. And so we're kind of seeing the results of that reflecting in the scores and I'm kind of hoping that carries over into the rest of the season for sure. Yeah, I think the like you said the style of football that, that Ralph wants to play means that everybody's got to be bought in and also in the in the physical physical condition to be able to do it otherwise injuries will 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 claim you and uh, we'll we'll have to see how that holds up I have concerns about specific members of our squad and then being able to to sustain that but um, we will see and especially you know, he wants to do this with a smaller squad which we don't have right now which uh, maybe we'll talk about just uh, in a second but. Uh, I mean, is there anything that that stands out as a concern to you as we head towards the as we head towards the start of the season? Um, well, I'm pretty sure I'll be in the consensus with the rest of your guests on this podcast and saying, yeah, the the, the defense, the back line, specifically the center backs, obviously huge concern. Um, like you were saying, there's still a little bit of time left in the window. Hopefully, we might be able to get something in over the line, but. I mean, honestly, even if we were managing to offload Lamina or, or Charlie Austin or, or someone of that nature, I haven't heard a whole lot of links to potential center backs. And, and normally, I mean, you know how it works with silly season, right? I know that's not one of your favorite times of the year. <laughs> but, and I'm kind of in the same boat, but you, you always sort of hear that there's something, that there's some something burning, there's some smoke out there. There's, there's a chance that this player or that player are going to end up coming to Saints. And, I mean, just take into consideration last January, there was that link with Jay Adams, and then obviously that came to fruition this summer. But I don't know, Matt, I mean, I'm not hearing anything as far as a potential center back. Have you heard anything? Um, one guy from France, maybe, but it, he's 18. and Oh, the guy from Monaco, I guess. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of, uh, we're definitely not the only ones interested, so so I don't know. And I, I, I look at the players that we have still on 
in the squad and you look at Wesley Hoot's been getting a significant amount of kind of time and, and energy. He's, he's been in the picture at least. And so I think because of that, that, that may be Ralph realizing that we're going to be stuck with what we have at center back since we have so many yeah. and we, we have, a, uh, we're having a tough time offloading them. Um, but maybe if, if we were able to offload them, then maybe, maybe somebody comes in or maybe if we get somebody in, we're willing to just kind of take a loss on, on, on some of these guys and get them off the books. But I, yeah. I, I think, I think we're probably kind of stuck with what we have. I, uh, I but, would agree for sure. And, and I think I was, was going to say, going. unfortunately, I think that probably means more, more, more three at the back, more three center back formations than uh, the four, two, two, two that uh, I think a lot of us would want to see, but you know, I'm sure Ralph will work it out and make the best of it. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going to say is our current situation. And yeah, like let's face it. I think, the center backs we have are the ones we're going to have going into the season. And I think that has probably influenced Ralph to, to move from, you know, the preferred formation of the four, two, two, two to, to either like a five, three, two or three, four, three or something like that. He's going to have to have three center backs. And that obviously I'm hoping that he's able to organize them that, uh, you know, we, we can cut down. I mean, even, and I'm going to nerd out here a little bit, but before Hazen Hudo was appointed, 15 games, they gave up 29 goals. So almost two goals a match. And in the 23 after that, he, they conceded 36. So it dropped it down to roughly one and a half. So there was some improvement under him. But at the end of the day, the players we have are the players we have. And there's not a huge amount of quality. But if he can continue to maybe shore things up back there, you know, maybe it's something to look forward to. But that's kind of all we have at, at our disposal right now. So... It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some improvement there, right? like you said, but then is it enough? Is it enough to, I, I think you look at teams who finish higher off the table. I think defense, I, it, maybe it's a, a real American thing versus defense first, you know? Um, but I mm-hmm. think, I think there are plenty of, of, of managers who uh, believe that, but at least he's not going about it as uh, Sam Allardyce would have done, which is nice. Um, yeah, for I, sure. I, I, will t- I, will, I will gladly take the, uh, let, let's go have fun and watch it and enjoy it. Uh, and then if we if we concede three and lose three to two or, or four to three, then so so be it. Um, yeah, I'm having a feeling it's going to be very Bournemouth like, uh, lots of offense but very weak with some high scores. Which hey, it's entertaining, right? Yeah, and and that means you get on TV a little bit more too, uh, which yeah. would be good for a lot of people in the UK because they don't get to watch as, as I guess as freely as you and I do. Um, True enough. Um, okay, so uh, jumping into to some of these things, I, I guess if you. If the window closed today, obviously we have issues that are going on, but what, what rating would you give the club at a, in a, in a one out of 10? Ultimately, you got to kind of look at where we were when the window opened and where, like, let's say conceivably the window closed today, where we are today. And we brought in Musa Gineppo and, and Shea Adams and basically seen Matt Target, Sam Gallagher, and Jordi Classy leave. So are we improved? Yeah, I'd say for sure. However, have we addressed our concerns? No. And, Obviously, the concern being center back, um, you, the market's only going to play out the way it's going to play out based on value. And obviously, there are teams out there that do not value our players to the extent we would like them to. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll make do with what we have. So having said all that, I would probably still give us a solid seven. I think, that, I think that's fair. I think uh, I... I I won't, I won't give away what the other people have, have said, but you're not, you're not, you're not far off. So, um, <laughs> okay. but yeah, I think, you know, there are definitely other things that we need to to do, but, um, and I think 
uh, and maybe I maybe maybe this isn't the case with you, but I think had we had we cleaned a little bit more of the squad out, I think uh, the numbers the the scores would be a little bit higher. You know, the ratings would be a little bit higher because it's gonna take it's gonna take uh, probably a number of windows to kind of clean up the mess that we have. Um, oh yeah, but that that is what it is, and and obviously with a new team in there, hopefully that that we are starting that uh, for now. But um, jumping down a little ways. Uh, which which player? I, I think of Nathan Redmond's performance last year. Um, you know, or maybe you could even say Hoiberg and kind of stepping up and taking the captaincy. Um, mm-hmm. Stepping up last year and kind of making uh, finding a positive in the season. Um, what player do you think needs to be really solid for us this season, or, or really uh, maybe have a breakout year in, in order for us to be uh, successful? I guess. Um, I think. I mean, if, if you take a look at the team and you look. Normally, when if you were to ask me that question, I'd instantly jump up to the attack because that's where I think the difference makers are. However, I think we're we're doing pretty well up front. We've got some good quality players. We have a lot of depth. Our problem again is our center backs. And and to be honest, the the player that I feel needs to have a really good season for us to have success is Jan Bednarak. Uh, maybe going off the grid a little bit here, but. Um, when he was first signed a few years ago, he was sort of looked at as one for the future. And I think we may have shoehorned him into the first team a little bit quicker than what we had intended to. Mm-hmm. But having said that, he has definitely improved by leaps and bounds. And he's he's impressed a lot of people. And I still think if he can somehow add a little bit more of a, a leadership capacity, be able to organize things a little bit more at the back and still continue to make those same strides that he's made in previous seasons, if he can do that, that's going to help immensely yeah i remember talking to uh, christopher lash who does a, a i mean he's on polish television talking about football and uh, polish football and he was um he kind of said like i think benrak's one for the future he's probably i mean that's a big fee for somebody coming out of the polish league but uh he's probably not going to be ready for the first team and then all of a sudden here he was you know being thrown in the first team and, and he's established himself you know in in the polish uh in the polish first team so um i think i've been really impressed and uh and i think uh, the defense this season, and, and if, if he can continue to improve even half as much as he did last year, I think he'll be uh, he'll be huge for us. Uh, and hopefully, he is the the guy that plays on that right side all year long, no matter the formation that we that we choose. I think he he's the guy that gets that. I think everybody else is kind of fighting for that uh, the left side spot or maybe the center in the left side spot. So yeah, yeah, um, I agree. He needs to bring that stability for sure. Absolutely. They can have some kind of continuity consistency at least in one of the areas. Uh-huh they're going to mix and match in the other areas. But I think as long as we have that one person that can bring, like I said, the continuity mm-hmm. and they can sort of all play off of that will be important. Yeah. And if, if he locks that spot down and maybe Valerie on the right as well, then um, that that's a, that's a pretty young kind of core of, of players we have back there to, to uh, I guess, build with and, you know, and, and grow and grow up and mature a little bit with. So I think that'd be good. Um, not just this season, but, but in future as well. Um, uh, what I mean, we talked about success, but what would be considered successful? What has to happen for for Saints for in this season for you to look at it and say, yeah, like that that was a good season? I think as long as we can kind of trend the same direction, we kind of um, whenever Ralph took over, we definitely were trying to be a more entertaining team. More goals were being scored, is more entertaining to watch. Uh, I know some people are looking at upper mid table as maybe some kind of a goal, but I think as long as we can make a small incremental increase or, or growth up 
move up the table. Anywhere in the range from 10 to 14, I think, would be reasonable, and I would consider it to be successful. We've got – you take a look at the fixtures right off the bat. They're pretty tough to start with, and I think there's going to be a little bit of an uphill climb uh, after that. But I think it's doable, and I, I think anywhere from 10 to 14 – I'd be happy with. And as long as we don't have to go what we've gone through for the last two years, stressing about relegation. And yeah, it's, it would just be nice to be able to not really look behind us and, and just look forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I agree with you there. And uh, we'll run through now uh, just a couple of predictions for you in terms of, of player performance. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to be this year's top goal scorer for the team? I'm going to go with Jay Adams. Um, Obviously, I mean, when he was being linked to us back in January and then again in the summer, you sort of see the YouTube videos and see what kind of a player he is. Very pacey, a lot of power, uh, very opportunistic. He seems to have a good nose for the net. And, I mean, we were talking briefly about FPL before. Mm-hmm. Historically, well, in the last year, I was successful because I, I basically chose players with my head instead of my heart. And so I didn't have any saints on my team barely i had danny ings for a week or two here and beyond valerie at the at the end of the year but i really see jay adams as being a possible fpl asset okay because i have i have a lot of faith in, in what he's going to come up with here so um yeah i mean even the goal that he scored against Feyenoord the other day a lot of people looked at it saying you know that that could be the easiest goal he ever scores but the fact that he had the instinct and the quickness to get to that ball after it was misplayed by the defender and uh-huh. essentially slide tackle it into the net, don't see that very often. So I think he has the instincts. I think he has the abilities, and I think he will be uh, a very good signing for us. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I didn't do as nearly as well as you did in FPL, but I didn't have very many Saints in my squad either. Um, I think occasionally I wind up with a midfielder because I need somebody who's cheap, and Ramey was always <laughs> cheap, and he's just going to be on the bench, so you do it, but. It just probably means yeah. I haven't managed my squad very well. Um, That's but, nice to have a saint on the team too, though, right? So, <laughs> I think the guys from the In That Number podcast are requiring people to have saints on their team uh, <laughs> for that team or for that for that league. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll see see how many people actually do it. Um, right. uh, who do you think is going to lead the team in in terms of assists? In terms of assists, um, I think I kind of think that. Uh, how they set things up against Feyenoord is, is probably going to be fairly similar to how they set the season up as far as our attack of uh, having Adams, Ings, and Redmond up front. Uh, like I said, Adams I see as being the primary goal scorer, but in terms of creating chances and, and setting up players, it, it could go either way between Redmond and Ings. But I, my gut's telling me that Danny Ings is going to be Kind of, the, he's going to form a good strike partnership with Che Adams, and he will be the provider, and Che will be the finisher. So that's I'm going to go with Ings for assists. All right, all right. Um, and, and most minutes played. Most minutes played. Going to go back to our conversation about Jan Bednarik. Like we said, if, if he's going to be the bedrock of the center backs there, I think that's where you're going to see most of the minutes minutes accumulate. Uh, I think there's going to be a, a heck of a lot of uh, rotation up front. Um, because of the way that Rolf plays with the energy that's exerted and the high press and everything. So I don't think anyone up front is going to carry a huge amount of minutes, so I would probably go with better. Okay. All right. And then uh, this is the only answer that's gotten the same response from everybody so far. Uh, who do you think is going to have the most yellow cards? Pretty sure I'm going to say the same as everybody else and say Oriel Romeo. just want to get his name in here as many times as I can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with you too much. 
Um, if you had to pick your, your, your lineup now for opening day, granted, we are still uh, a, a week away. We still have time in the transfer window and all that stuff. But if you were asked to just pick the starting lineup for, for Burnley away right now, uh, who, who would you, who would you go with? Well, based on how everything goes right now, and the fact that we're probably not going to go with a four, two, two, I'm probably looking at, um, either a, a five, three, two or three, four, three, depending on how you play the, the fullbacks or wingbacks, uh, start in between the sticks, I would go with uh, Angus Gunn, for sure. I think he uh, played pretty well last year when he took over from McCarthy. He had a couple of missteps near the end of the year, but uh, did play fairly well against Feyenoord. I think he's going to be our first choice, so we're going to go with him. Uh, Jan Bellery at right back. And then the, with the three center backs, uh, Jan Bednarik, Yannick Vestergaard, Maya Yoshida, and at left back, obviously, you want to go with Burton, with Brian Bertrand there. Then uh, the two center backs sort of middle of the park, the ball-winning midfielders in our connection between the back and then in, into attack, go with, uh, of course, Oriol Romeo and Pierre-Emile Hoiberg. And then the three, the three players in attack, just like I mentioned, Redmond, Adams, and Ings is, is the way I think I would set it up. Okay. All right. I think that's, uh, I think we're, we're getting a theme here, and I think it's, uh... I don't know. I, I, I think if, if Ralph could do the four, two, 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 or however many twos are supposed to be there, I think, I think that would be <laughs> kind of what he's, I, I think that would be ideal. And then, and then I would, I would be interested to see kind of how that rotation up top works and, you know, uh, who else comes in and if, if Ward Prowse plays up there or, or whatever. So uh, we'll have mm-hmm. to see my one, my one concern with the three, four, three is, is, is midfield and, and will they get overrun eventually? But uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's uh, I think so. We'll, we'll see how it is. I, I made a mistake on the last uh, episode and I said three five two, and then I was talking about midfield and I, I meant three four three, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. Things uh, nobody has said anything yet, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But um, Bob, I just want to say thank you uh, for for doing this, and it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you. It's been it's been a while, but uh, I know we've we've spoken on Twitter between now and then. But it's nice to nice to chat with you again. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate uh, the time, and uh, really looking forward to the season. I- the last last year, I, I think I was a little bit uh, trepidatious about what was going to happen uh, after coming off near relegation. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot more optimistic this year than last year, and I'm really looking forward to the to the matches. So, uh, not far away. So, uh, we'll be right around the corner here. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will. We'll make sure you talk to you soon. You bet. Thanks a lot, Matt. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, the last guest of uh, of the season preview episode, Luke Osman. You can find him on Twitter at Luke Osman RS, and I'm sure that you have seen his articles pop up on Reed Southampton and other places around the internet. But uh, Luke, welcome back to the show, and thanks for doing this. No, thank you for having me. People will have heard from three other guests by the time they they get to this one, but uh, hopefully we'll we'll uh, be able to. Uh, to to bring them a little more. Not a lot has happened since the other people have recorded. Um, Danny Roll has left the club. Um, I think that's it. Maybe Charlie Austin got his Twitter account back, but uh, I, I think other than that, there, there hasn't been much happening uh, unless something has happened in, in the last uh, four hours since I've been asleep, but I doubt it. So um, there's still a couple of days to go on the window. Uh, there's still, you know, a week and a half before the season starts, but uh, this will be the preview that people get on Tuesday. Um, I mean, just overall, what's your, what's been uh, most impressive to you about, about the preseason? So obviously it's good to see us go unbeaten. 
in pre-season and that's always nice but it's not really what it's about it's about implementing the new system and getting sort of getting the players to create a bit more chemistry on the pitch and the pressing's been really really good it's a key part of Hazen Hootel's philosophy and we forced opponents into mistakes and scored a lot of early goals and I think that that, that is an indication of where Alfred is stamping his, his authority on proceedings and really implementing his style of play yeah I mean uh, so, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off um there was I didn't get a chance to watch the last uh, preseason friendly um so not the one against Cologne that hasn't happened yet as we're talking but uh the the one from the previous weekend against Feyenoord and Vestergaard mentioned kind of the the ability for Feyenoord to bypass the press every once in a while and, and kind of play through midfield and I think that's having to do a little bit with the uh I think we deployed a 3-4-3 at that point um and not necessarily on the on the questions that we were going to go over, but does does that concern you that that formation in 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 general? I think perhaps it could have been down to the lack of a a proper natural defensive midfielder. So Romeo okay. obviously wasn't playing in that game, and I think he's quite underrated when it comes to being a bit more press resistant and also ensuring that we don't get bypassed so easily. But um, I think you know. This is the first preseason hasn't Hootles had, and it is a completely different system to the one that a lot of these players will have worked with. So, although they've got the experience of last season, I think it will it will be a case of sort of making these mistakes early on, and then really, really kicking on, and ensuring that that things like bypassing the press don't happen too often. Because against bigger oppositions, you know, it will hurt you. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because um, I, I guess that was not my biggest concern, maybe, but one of them. Um, is there something that is is stands out as a as a concern to you looking uh, towards the beginning of the season? Yeah, I think I think naturally, and I'd say that this is probably the case for a lot of us. It's it's of course the defence, and it could actually inhibit us from playing the four two 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 that Hazenhutel is believed to want to. I think how how error prone our centre backs are is a, is a concern. I think we know we know that Bednarek has improved, and we know that Vestergaard did towards the end of the season, but we've seen that these avoidable errors continue to crop up in our game. And that is why perhaps pressing from the front and ensuring that we're trying to win the ball high up the pitch, it prevents us from really having to use that defence so often. So you can you can see why Hazen Hootel's trying to stack the, the final third of the pitch, but I can see him going with five at the back at the start of the season just purely because of how below par our centre-back performances have been. And if we don't sign one of those before the, the transfer window closes, and I think... It's going to limit us this season. Given that we haven't gotten that center back in, we have done some some pretty good business, I guess, early on. Even if, uh, well, early on in this window, if you consider that we were trying to get Jay Adams well before then. But uh, if, if if the window closed today, I mean, given the the squad is still kind of bloated, we still have guys hanging around that maybe we would have wanted to get rid of and everything else. Um, if you had to give the uh, the team or the squad a rating, or I guess the the team a rating in the transfer window. Uh, what what would you give them uh, some more one through 10 with uh, 10 being the absolute best and one being um, the, the absolute worst? I feel a bit harsh for saying this, but at the moment, probably a five out of 10. I think that we've significantly strengthened the attack and we're absolutely set in the final third of the pitch, but the defense is exactly the same and we still look pretty weak. And I think a big part of this transfer window was to be shifting the deadwood. Um, and really, really trimming the squad. And we haven't really done that. I know there is still some time left in the transfer window. And of course, the European window doesn't close really until sort of towards the end of the month. But at the moment, it's been sort of average. And although we haven't, although we can't really complain about how, how well we've strengthened our attacking options, 
the glaring deficiencies in our squad still haven't really been amended. I mean, I, I'm obviously asking you something in, in, to look into the future a little bit, but I mean, there's been almost no real concrete links to to a to a center back or anything else. Do you, do you see that happening, or do you think it's more of an issue of unless some of these guys go, uh, then, then we're we're going to head into the the season with with the defense the way it is. I, I think that it's going to be a case of sort of freeing up some squad of space because at the moment we've got five senior centre-backs on the books and it is, you know, it is too much, especially when two of them, Stevens and Hoot particularly, are so below par. But it's also going to be a case of can we recruit a defender at this stage in the window who will genuinely improve us and will be a player who walks into that first team. So I don't doubt that we could spend 10 to 15 million on signing a centre-back. Mm-hmm. But 15 million got us hoot and 18 million got us Vestergaard. Uh-huh. So, you know, we need to we need to be certain, Ralph needs to be certain that if we are to spend money on a centre-back and if we are to to get this player in, that he's a significant improvement because otherwise the same errors will just continue to crop up. Absolutely, especially given that there's, at, at this point, there's less than a week of preseason left and, and you're going to throw somebody in, uh, in a back line that lacks leadership anyway. And, and hope that they can, they, there are very few of these guys, especially if you look at the age profile that, that Ralph wants to work with. It doesn't seem uh, all that likely. And it's probably not going to make a lot of people happy. You know, uh, obviously people are going to be maybe a bit upset about that, but we will, we'll see. Um, just, just go through a couple of, uh, of answers here. You feel free to elaborate if you want, uh, but don't, don't feel obligated. Um, when I when I was thinking about this question, I was thinking specifically about uh, Redmond and his kind of uh, performance last year. It seemed to galvanize the squad early on. He was kind of uh, really important to us in the early run of the season, and then and then once again under Ralph. Even though I think Ralph was himself maybe the person who who, who drugged the squad along, um, even though he wasn't kicking the ball. Um, but which player needs to have a good season this year in order for Southampton to be successful? I think, yeah, exactly the same. Again, I think it's going to be Nathan Redmond. I think that Che Adams will help us, uh, but we're still reliant on Nathan Redmond's creativity and his ability to sort of create from deep areas. He brings the ball forward so well. His decision-making's improved a lot, and we're so much better when he's in the team. So I think that, again, he's going to be the most crucial player for us. Okay, that sounds sounds good to me. I still have the uh, still have high hopes uh, for him, and, and, and I think... Uh, you know, maybe all but one uh, fan uh, on the Southampton uh, timeline seems to uh, enjoy his play. I will leave that there. Um, <laughs> uh, what would be su- uh, considered successful this year for for Saints, and what should we be kind of? What should fans, I guess, be looking at in terms of in order for the season to be considered a, su- a success? I think first and foremost, we need to be well away from a relegation fight. Um, that is that has plagued us in the past two seasons. Uh, we, we need to just be looking towards sort of mid-table. If we can push into the top half, brilliant, but I'm not sure we'll be able to because of our defence. But, you know, as, as fans, we just want to see good football pushing for that kind of top half. And the sooner we can get to get to the point where we can take a sigh of relief and say we're safe, the more perhaps we can look at a cup run. And I think that that is the kind of... We are in a position now where I think consolidation sort of between the... I don't know, maybe the 10th to sort of 13th place is about where we're at. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's have a cup run with that. Let's see what we can do. And, yeah, I think a lot of it is just going to come down to the style of play, given the football that we've been subjected to in the past sort of two or three seasons. Yeah, I think I think just some excitement would be good, you know, and, and Che Adams scoring early goals and, and us pressing teams. I think that that in its, of itself and, and the guys just having, you know, looking a little bit more fit 
uh, looking like they're giving a little bit more effort, I think that in and of itself will will t- will take fans a long way. Because um, getting up at you know for me four a.m. to to watch a game on TV, it's if you're going to watch uh, four a.m. and and guys are just parking the bus or just passing the ball sideways, it's not always as exciting as uh, you would like. Um, I guess now let's let's just go through and uh, I'll just ask you to give me your who do you think is going to be the top goal scorer come the end of the season? I think that. Danny Ings is our best striker, but he's probably not our best goal scorer. So I'm going to go with Jay Adams for this one. All right. That's been a unanimous decision so far. Um, <laughs> what about most assists? I think a lot of this will depend on the game time they get. I'd say that James Ward-Prowse has probably got the best chance of getting the most assists. I think his vision and his obviously delivery from set pieces is very, very good. But I'd also argue that Nathan Redmond's final ball's got a lot better in the past sort of year. So perhaps he's an outside shout for that. All right, so I'll put them put them both down for you. Uh, on that, I'd just like to ask you, given that that Adams has come in, that uh, Janapo is now at the team, um, do you do you see James Ward-Prowse struggling once again for game time uh, as he has in and not last season maybe, but the season before? And or is is are we likely to see potentially um, maybe Romeu miss out or or a, 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 an attacker on the day just be be left on the bench to to come in late? I think that it's going to be an interesting one because we, we have got a lot of attacking options now. So I guess a lot of it will depend on the, the team we're playing against. Mm-hmm. You know, if they've got weaknesses at, for example, defending set pieces, then it makes sense to play Prowse. But I think he's not guaranteed a place in the starting lineup in the same way that the likes of Hoybjerg and Redmond are. Okay. So it, it's going to be interesting to see where he fits in. In a four-two-two-two. I don't see him starting on the on in, in the middle of the park. I see him sort of playing on the right-hand side. So naturally, that would see probably one of Gineppo, Redmond, or you know maybe maybe even Buffal miss out. Um, when it comes to playing five at the back, we tend to play with sort of orthodox central midfielders. So perhaps he could slot in there, and then Romeu could miss out. But yeah, he, he's going to need to start the season well to ensure that he is he is putting himself in the picture for a, a place in the starting lineup every single week. Sure. Sure. Uh, I guess good problems to have, right? Um, have, yeah. have, have guys fighting for first, for spots in the, in the team. Um, who do you think is going to play the most minutes this season? Um, outfield players only. Uh, Nathan Redmond for me, I think he's the most important player in the team and he, he doesn't pick up too many injuries, which is a bonus. I can't see hasn't who to want him to rest him too much. All right. Um, and uh, most yellow cards. Romeo. Another unanimous decision. So uh, <laughs> I guess it's, uh, I don't know. I, I've, I think I've said this with everybody I recorded with. I have no idea why I, I get stuck on the yellow card thing, but I, I always feel like I need one more and then that pops up and then I just know everybody's going to say Romeo anyway. So um, whatever. Um, from there, can you, can you, you know, assuming that nothing else happens in the transfer window, can you give me your, your predicted starting lineup for Burnley away? Yeah, so I think Hasan Hootel will go with five at the back because I don't see us signing a new cent- central defender. So Gunn, Valerie, Bednarek, Yoshida, Vestergaard, Bertrand, Hoybjerg, Romeu, Redmond, Ings, and Adams. All right. All right. Uh, well, Luke, um, thank you so much for, for stopping by to, to do this. I know it's the middle of the day. Um, yeah, and, and, and people can get your writing at Reed Southampton and hopefully... Uh, you know, there, you you find time to be able to to do that as much as you you would like, and uh, I will look forward to it. Uh, and I hope uh, I hope you're well. Thank you very much, Matt. And you, All right, man. We will talk to you. Actually, we will talk to you next week after Burnley, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep.
All right, man. We'll see you then. See you then. does it for episode 134 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Like I said, the Premier League window is just a couple of days away. And if something happened, if for some reason we signed a center back between the time that we recorded this episode, the time I went to the mountains, and now when you're hearing it, uh, so be it. Uh, we can always hope. But uh, I'm hoping but by saying this out loud that it will have happened. Um, there's something about belief and then doing it or something. I'm not sure. I'd like to thank each of the guests for coming on again this week. So Lucy Heinet, who is at Lucy Heinet, Jake Hughes, who is at JJ Hughes, and who you can also get a hold of at St. Mary's Musings, uh, Rob Brown, who is at RS Brown, and Luke Osman, who is at Luke Osman RS. Uh, be sure to check them out. Um, listen to the podcast that Lucy is involved with, which is Total Saints Podcast. Try to beat Bob at fantasy football, which I don't know how you're going to do that because I'm not that good. Uh, but anyway, thank you to everybody for giving me some time, uh, for giving us some time and allowing the listeners into, uh, into your heads about what you think is going on with the team. The show would not be possible without you as listeners. So thank you very much. Or to the people at patreon.com, uh, the small group of people that support the show on Patreon, uh, make it possible for you to hear it. So thanks to them. If you would like to get involved with the Patreon community, you can visit patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery, uh, or you can visit southamptondelivery.com and click through the Patreon link there. It all takes you to the same place. If you're interested in getting in touch with this show on social media, you can do that. We are at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y on Twitter and Instagram. And we're at Facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. There's no underscore in the Facebook address. The links to all of those and more ways to listen are on the show website at SouthamptonDelivery.com. Uh, there you can like and subscribe and do all of that stuff. You can even sign up for the newsletter that comes out each and every Friday. Uh, so be sure to do that. The logo for the show is designed by Matt Beeling. The partner page of the show is the Southampton page. The music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the initial credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. That's it for this week. We will be back after the Burnley game to kick off another season. So until then, remember that together, we march on. Do you think Southampton are going to be able to sell Charlie Austin before the end of the transfer window? No. I really don't think. That's not what I wanted to hear. Sorry. I had hope, but I don't know, that transfer window is closing. Can I have a kiss? I guess.